Welcome to the Broadcast Storm, episode number 109, Fundamentals of Lisp. Hey everybody, this is Kevin Wallace, and in this episode of the Broadcast Storm, we're going to be talking about Lisp. That's Location ID Separation Protocol. And to understand one of the ways that this can help us out, I think back to the days when I was working with BGP connections going out to multiple internet service providers when I used to work at a university. This is back in the late 1990s. And uh, we had the full internet routing table in one of our Cisco routers. I remember we had one of those massive Cisco 7513 routers, if anybody remembers those. And uh, this internet routing table contained about 60,000 entries. But now, at the time of this recording, we're a little over 800,000 entries in the internet routing table. It's not scalable. And sure, we can do some route aggregation, but sometimes we need to do some traffic engineering that requires very specific route entries to show up in that table. If we're doing a multi-homing configuration, we might require a full internet routing table. The bottom line is, we've got a scalability problem when it comes to the internet routing table. And a protocol that can help us with that is called LISP. Again, that's the Location ID Separation Protocol. And by the way, LISP is useful in other environments too, like mobile environments or Internet of Things applications. But it was originally designed to address this issue of the Internet Writing Table's scalability. And as the name suggests, LISP separates a single IP address into two different parts. First, there's an endpoint identifier, or an EID, and the second part is a routing locator, or an RLOC, R-L-O-C. And this would allow, as an example, a device to move from one location on the internet to another location and keep its endpoint identifier, keep its EID. It just needs to update its RLOC, its routing locator. Then, when we're trying to locate a specific endpoint identifier, we can ask a map resolver. Where is this endpoint identifier? And a map resolver will give us the current routing locator information for that EID. This map resolver, or the MR, it's oftentimes a router configured to act as a map resolver. And the way the map resolver knew where this endpoint ID lived is because it queried a map server. And when that device that we're trying to reach initially booted up, it registered itself with the map server. And it's very common for the map resolver and the map server to live on the same router. And that's often written as an MS slash MR router for map server, map resolver router. And I guess we could think of it working sort of like DNS. With DNS, we say, hey, can you tell me the IP address of this domain name? Well, here we're asking, can you tell me the routing locator, which router on the internet should I send my traffic to, in order to get to this endpoint identifier? And once we know the RLOC that we're going to be sending to, with Lisp, we're going to add a header. We're going to add a Lisp header, a UDP header, and that's going to be encapsulated inside of another IP packet. And the destination of that IP packet is going to be the RLOC, the routing locator, at the site where that EID lives right now. And by the way, that Lisp header, it contains information that can support virtualization like virtual routing and forwarding, VPN identifiers. That can give us some isolation and segmentation. And also in the UDP header, the destination that we're sending to when we're sending to an RLOC it's UDP port 4341. That's the port used by Lisp to send data. And as we're getting ready to send over to that remote site, that router at the remote site that we're calling the RLOC, well, the router at our site that's doing the encapsulation, that's called the ingress tunnel router. 
That's where we're adding on all that header information. We send it to the destination RLOC and it decapsulates the packet and it's called an egress tunnel router or an ETR. And one way this could give a scalability is we've got all these networks at a remote site all reachable by a single router by a single RLOC. Well, the RLOC can register itself with that MS slash MR router to say, hey, I'm your way to get to all these networks. Just put this in your table. And if anybody wants to reach these networks, just come to me. And oftentimes those networks within an organization are private IP address space, like RFC 1918 addresses. And we're able to reach those and actually point to those private IP addresses that live across the internet because those networks have registered with the map server that we're going to be using. So it's going to give us mobility. It's going to give us scalability. It's going to give us the ability to reach private IP addresses across the internet. And that's an overview of LISP, which is one of the topics on the upcoming Enterprise Core exam. But if you're going to be studying for the CCNA exam, the new one, 200-301 that comes out February 24th of 2020, great news. Since we last spoke on our previous podcast episode, we've released our brand new CCNA video training series. It covers every single topic on the CCNA blueprint with over 200 videos. We've got review questions. We've got a practice exam. We give you hands-on lab experience by using a Cisco Packet Tracer. And it's available right now if you want to get started on your CCNA studies. And I want to give a special discount to my podcast listeners. So here's the URL that you're going to use to get your 20% discount. You're going to go to kwtrain.com slash CCNA20. That's CCNA20 to get your 20% discount. Again, that's kwtrain.com slash ccna20, no spaces. And in addition to getting your 20% discount, I'm also throwing in six bonus courses. I'm going to give you CCNA foundations, covering some foundational networking topics to help you think about your career and do goal setting and get tips for getting a job in IT. I've got another course that I call your IT career success blueprint that normally sells for $97. I'm going to throw that in. And one of the most challenging topics for CCNA candidates is subnetting. And I'm throwing in a course on subnetting. And I'm throwing in some deep dive courses on OSPF and EIGRP and Spanning Tree Protocol. Grand total, it's $490 worth of bonus courses that we're throwing in. Plus, we're giving you a 20% discount. And again, to get that course and get started on the new CCNA, go to kwtrain.com slash ccna20. And I look forward to spending time with you again on the next episode of The Broadcast Storm. Mm -hmm.